At a time when information continues to come at us faster and faster, sometimes you need to hit pause and rewind. NPR's Throughline takes you back in time to the source of the news stories filling your feed. Find NPR's Throughline wherever you get your podcasts. From KUNC and the NPR Network, this is In the NoCo, your daily slice of Northern Colorado news and happenings. It's Thursday, November 9th. I'm Erin O'Toole. Today, we're sifting through some election results from Tuesday's races, like Proposition HH, which brought Loveland resident Lee Rhodes to a Dropbox in Fort Collins this week. I like the idea of the government uh, keeping to a budget. I'm a CPA. I spent a career helping people with budgets and businesses, and I, I like to see government do the same thing. For Matt Geffen in Boulder, he was motivated by environmental issues and the people hit hardest by Colorado's deepening housing crisis. The problem of, of unhoused folk was a big concern for me, and I think the over-policing of them, at least in my opinion, uh, and I wanted to look into candidates who had other solutions for that problem. And for some voters, like Michelle Cordova in Longmont, the act of casting a ballot in itself is meaningful. It's our right to vote. It's it's our privilege. And so I just think that as a citizen, we need to be voting. It's one of those things that I make sure that I do all the time. Around 1.7 million Coloradans had turned in their ballots as of 11.30 p.m. on election night. That's roughly 42 percent of the state's eligible voters. Off-year elections like this one tend to have lower voter turnout than presidential elections, as Secretary of State Jenna Griswold reminded us last week. Part of that is the election model itself. We need to have an accessible election model that allows eligible people who want to cast a ballot the ability to do so. But some of that turnout also can be driven by um, voters not feeling engaged on the specific topic. But Colorado still beats the national average for voter turnout. And we rank high on the list as one of the easiest states to vote in. For more on how Coloradans voted this time around, we turn now to KUNC State House reporter Lucas Brady Woods, who I will say has not gotten much sleep this week. Lucas, thank you so much for joining us. I know you could be taking a very well deserved nap right now. Well, as a government and politics nerd, elections do have a way of keeping me energized, so I'm happy to be here. Great. Well, I'd like to start with the statewide ballot measures that you've been watching closely. First off, Proposition HH, which voters rejected. In a nutshell, what was this measure about? So Prop HH was the only plan on the table to address an expected spike in property taxes next year, which is because of elevated property values in recent years. Voters rejected it by fairly large margins last night. It would have tweaked the formula that calculates property values to keep taxes on those properties from rising too quickly over the next decade. It was crafted by Democratic state lawmakers and had the support of Governor Jared Polis, and its rejection marks a major defeat for them. The measure would have also reduced Tabor refunds to pay for losses in property tax revenue, so it would have essentially expanded the state budget while also curbing taxes in a way that was honestly pretty complicated for the average Coloradan to understand. The measure's critics zeroed in on those Tabor cuts, and the opposition, which includes most Colorado Republicans, has proposed statewide property tax caps as an alternative, 
but those won't be on the ballot until next year. So what happens next? For now, it's not exactly clear. There's some talk of the governor calling a special session of the legislature to come up with another property tax relief plan, but the reality of the situation is there's not much time to hammer that out before taxes are actually due, and that's when Coloradans will see up to a 40% increase in their property taxes. Right. Well, Lucas, the other statewide measure was Proposition II, and voters did approve this one. What is it? Well, it's a bit more straightforward than Prop HH to start. What it does is Prop II will let the state use more of the taxes it gets from tobacco and nicotine products. Previously, it had to pay back any excess excess revenue it collected to manufacturers and distributors. Now it can use the money to help fund the state's universal preschool program. And it was approved by a pretty wide margin shortly after polls closed. Let's shift our gaze to Boulder. This election marked the first time voters had the chance to decide their next mayor. In the past, city council members have appointed the mayor. Um, So for this election, voters followed a ranked choice voting system, ranking their choices in order of preference. As of Wednesday morning, Bob Yates was in the lead over incumbent Aaron Brockett. Could you talk about some of the issues that drove voters to the polls when it came to this election? Yeah, it was pretty exciting that this is the first mayoral race that was put to a popular vote. So there's that. But I think a lot of people in Boulder were thinking about public safety and homelessness. The majority of voters look like they're approving a local ballot measure called Safe Zones for Kids that focuses on clearing homeless encampments near schools. Well, let's mention a few other mayoral races across northern Colorado. In Greeley, voters have shown a strong preference for John Gates. The incumbent is leading by a huge margin, so he looks like he's poised to have a fourth and final term. And in Fort Collins, voters chose incumbent Jenny Arndt by a landslide with more than 90 percent of votes. What's interesting is that race was uncontested up until pretty close to the filing deadline. That's when KUNC listener Patricia Babbitt heard some of her coverage about this and decided to challenge Arndt. That's right. And we really love to hear about community members getting engaged in the democratic process after listening to our coverage. And uh, it's also worth mentioning that Loveland voters followed the same trend by also selecting an incumbent for their mayor, Jackie Marsh. Right. Let's come back to Fort Collins for a moment. There were two citywide tax measures, which voters were split on, right? Yeah. One of the measures, 2A, added a half-cent sales tax to fund parks and recreation infrastructure, transit expansion, and programs to reduce greenhouse gas emissions. That one was approved by voters. The other measure, 2B, would have increased property taxes to fund affordable housing. That one was rejected. The Coloradoan reports it would have increased taxes by just over $100 a year for a $500,000 home and about $160 a year for a $750,000 home. But again, voters rejected those proposals. Lucas, I'd like to end, if we could, by mentioning school board races. Historically, these have been pretty sleepy, but Colorado is part of a national trend where school board elections are now closely watched. What are some of the factors at play here? We heard from voters who are especially concerned about how much school boards have become politicized in the name of parental rights. 
They're worried by recent attempts from parents here in Colorado and across the country who want to censor certain topics in libraries and in curriculums based on their particular views. Parents in some districts have pushed to ban books with LGBTQ characters that examine systemic discrimination or talk about marginalized groups. Many voters we talk to are concerned about those impacts on their kids. And parents are also worried about gun violence in schools. And we'll dig a little deeper into school board races with you very soon. Lucas Brady Woods, our tireless State House reporter, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you so much for having me, as always. You'll find much more of the KUNC Newsroom's election coverage at KUNC.org. You know, after the election dust settles, we like to look back and assess our coverage. What worked? What didn't? And what did we need more of? And we'd love to know your thoughts. Drop us a note at noco at KUNC.org. That's N-O-C-O at KUNC.org. That's it for us today here on In the NoCo. We'll be back tomorrow with more of what's happening in Northern Colorado. Our producer is Jocelyn Mesa Miranda. Robin Vincent is our executive producer. I'm your host, Erin O'Toole. See you next time.